Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. I want to thank you once again for joining us uh, uh, and gathering together with us. Uh, you're part of our listening family if you're a return visitor to our website, and if you're a consistent visitor, you certainly are part of our li- listening family. And if you're a first-time visitor, Visitor, we welcome you to our listening family today. It's a growing family, uh, and uh, I'm not out hunting for sheep except the lost sheep. Hallelujah. Amen. You got a good preacher, get behind him, support him, pray for him, take good care of him so he'll take good care of you. Praise God. But today I want to do the, the ministry of a pastor slash evangelist, which is my calling. Uh, I, it's a little bit different. I wear two hats and they blend in all of my preaching and teaching because when I'm ministering to the saints, it's so that they can become effective witnesses for Jesus as they grow and mature on the feeding on the Word of God. Amen. So let's feed on the Word of God, saints of God today, and let's become witnesses for Jesus as these last closing hours, I believe, in prophetic time, not literal 60-minute hours, but in the in the time frame of prophecy, I believe we're in the final, not days or months, but the final hours of 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 the times of the gentiles and and listen friend jesus is coming soon the tribulation period is is you can see it like a stage being uh, all the all the pieces put in place and you the 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 uh, orchestra pit is full of the musicians and they're tuning up and they're getting ready to pull the curtain and that last day scenario will begin Friend of mine, these are exciting times to live if you are a Christian, but these are very dangerous times to live if you're without God and without hope, therefore, in this present world. So today, let's get in the Word of God. Let's let's see something here that I believe is going to help you. If you don't know Jesus, we welcome you today as our special guest to hear the reason that we want to we want to tell the world about what He's done at the cross for them and especially for you today. And we want to remind ourselves once again that Jesus didn't just die on the cross. He suffered and died. He didn't just die on the cross. He suffered and died. And that's why when the Holy Spirit prepares the heart of anyone for salvation, He always points to Jesus' suffering and death. On the cross. It was a sacrificial death, yes, but it wasn't an easy death. It was a very hard death. Let's look at this in Scripture in Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 35, on the subject, the suffering Savior. The suffering Savior. All right, let's read together. It says, And the angel of the Lord 
spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south upon the way that goeth down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah, it says Esaias in the King James, which is Isaiah, the prophet. The Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, join thyself to his chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place, now this is not, a, as Popeye says, a coinkadink. Listen, this is a God-planned, God-purposed situation that's going on here. God has made this a divine appointment. Listen, the place in verse 32, the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Hallelujah. This portion of scripture that is preparing this Egyptian eunuch's heart for salvation by the way, he got saved, and, and he got so saved, amen, he saw a pool of water, he said, there's water, what doth hinder me to be baptized, and, and he was baptized immediately after receiving Jesus as his Lord and his Savior, but this portion of scripture he was reading is found in Isaiah 53, where Christ is revealed as a willing sacrifice lamb. But not only that, that he was also identified as someone who suffered like no man has ever suffered in order to save every man, woman, boy, and girl that will receive him as their Lord and Savior, repenting of their sin. Amen. He did it for us. Many Bible scholars have called Isaiah 53 the, the gospel in the Old Testament. Listen to Isaiah 53. I'm going to read it all. I'm going to take some time this morning. This is very important. Not just if you don't know Jesus or if you just want to know how to win souls to Jesus. Don't just tell them he died for them. And don't just begin to think as a Christian today. Oh, Jesus died for me. That's a given. No big deal. It is an immeasurably big deal. And God wants to capture our hearts, and He wants to help us if we're away from Him to come back to Him, and if we're walking with Him to walk in a fervent first 
love. Amen. Glory to God. So that we can be on fire for God. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Amen. Listen to Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report? This is where this man was reading. Who hath believed our report into whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Speaking of Christ, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness that when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. But surely, here's the suffering, along with the emotional suffering, here is the actual pain and suffering. Surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded, for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken, and made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, and thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, and shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, was numbered with the transgressors, Bear the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Let me make this statement about Jesus' death. This suffering death that he died. You see, friend, the death of Jesus that brought salvation was not a quick, painless, neat little affair. It was hour upon agonizing hour, being tortured slowly, bringing the final release from unspeakable pain and unbearable loneliness. His death was ugly, bloody, and brutal. That's why, as we previously ministered 
We need a healthy, holy hatred for sin. Because it was our sin. Yes, our sin. Not just Caesar's, Caesar's Rome. <laughs> they couldn't have done it. He told, it wasn't, Peter tried to defend him when they came for him and, and Jesus said, put up your sword. I could call the armies of heaven to deliver me, but my kingdom is not of this world. It wasn't all the power of the Roman Empire. It wasn't the, it wasn't Caesar's Rome. It wasn't Pilate's uh, authority. It wasn't those soldiers at the foot of the cross. Listen, what held him to that cross was his great love for you and for me. But it was our sins, nothing less and nothing more, that brought him to that place and brought him to that pain and brought him to that anguish. It was our sin that put him on that cross, but it was his love for sinners that held him fast until our sin debt was paid. How can we then, if we don't know him, ignore him Reject him who paid such a price to save us. That's why, that's why the judgment is going to be so severe to those who have rejected this opportunity to receive him as Savior, pushed him away. Oh, dear friend of mine, how shall we escape this judgment to come if we neglect such a great salvation as this? A salvation that came with such a great price as this. Yes, the precious blood of Jesus that redeemed us, but, but more than just the shedding of that blood was all of the suffering that it cost Jesus as that blood was being shed. How can we who are saved tolerate and indulge sometimes in the very sins that He came and suffered and died to save us from. I love a song that I heard on a short vacation many, many years ago. We were up in the mountains and, and we, we put in something as we were looking at the grandeur of the Smokies early in the morning, just after sunrise. And, and that song was saying, how can you not love him back? How can you not love him back? talking about a genuine revelation and understanding and realization of just what it cost Christ to save you and me in his suffering and death at the cross. I was convicted by that song. I wept. I rededicated my life. And I felt I was very dedicated, preaching the gospel, praying, fasting, doing all those things for him. But it's more than just what we do. It's what we are in our heart toward Him. You can mechanically serve God religiously, oh yes, routinely. But to serve Him from the heart with the first love is something stimulated by understanding His willingness to pay such a great cost to save us through His suffering and death. Jesus absorbed the wrath of God on our behalf. And He did it, friend, by suffering. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it's written, 
Cursed is everyone who hanged on a tree. The wrath of God that should have caused our eternal suffering fell on Jesus. This is the glory of grace, friend. And it could only come by His suffering. You see, the death of Jesus did away with the cause of God's enmity toward us by taking away our sins. God has always loved us and still does. But His wrath, which is basically a fixed, permanent attitude against evil, God's wrath has been turned away from us because Jesus suffered and died on the cross. I like what Max Licato says about it. He says, ponder the achievement of God. He doesn't condone our sin, nor does He compromise His standard. He doesn't ignore our rebellion, nor does He relax His demands. Rather than dismiss our sin, He assumes our sin and incredibly sentences Himself. God's holiness is honored. Our sin is punished, and we are redeemed. God is still God and sinless. The wages of sin is still death. And we are made forgiven and sin free. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. God does what we could never do and can never be and dare not dream that we could have this kind of relationship with Him. Because the Scripture said to it, God was in Jesus Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself. This is the glory of grace. He chose us, dear friend. He chose us. He willingly laid down His life in our place. A pastor told this true story He said, my cousin could easily have afforded to buy an expensive dog for a pet. Instead, he went to the dog pound. In the cages, there were some cuddly dogs with soft fur and frisky faces. Instead, my cousin picked the most miserable-looking dog in the pound. He brought the dog home. After a few weeks, the dog walked, (laughs) walked with shoulders high. And when he saw my cousin's tail, not my cousin's, parenthesis, wagged like a windmill in a typhoon. Why'd this dog's morale change so radically? Because he was chosen. He was chosen not because he was a beautiful dog. He was chosen because my cousin wanted to give him the gift of a new life. Listen, if we truly believe the mystery of grace... We should be running around, bouncing with peace and joy. I've seen some pretty grim faces out of Christians who have lost sight of what really happened at the cross. We've turned a suffering Savior into just a martyr-type Savior who just died like someone being shot at dawn or hanged at dawn, a quick Quick, not painless, but certainly not painful, not, not this long hour after hour of seemingly endless pain. Listen, Christ bore our sins and purchased our forgiveness, and He did it by suffering. First Peter 2 and verse 24 
says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live to righteousness, by whose stripes ye are healed. Isaiah 53, 5 is what's being quoted here. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The sins that should have crushed under the weight and guilt was transferred to Jesus, you see. And this is the glory of grace. And it could only come by suffering. And with His stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. Christ provided a perfect righteousness And it becomes ours in Him. And He did it once again by suffering. 2 Corinthians 5.21 said, For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. This positional righteousness that works in and through us to a personal, practical righteousness. It was what He did when he suffered and died until all of the wrath of God, I'm going to use a computer term today, was downloaded on Jesus. That righteousness might be uploaded on us. Glory be to God. Oh, no wonder they wrote the song, Oh, what a Savior. Oh, hallelujah. Philippians 2, 7 and 8 said, He emptied himself taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. The obedience of Christ by many, which by many are counted righteous, Romans five nineteen, had to be in obedience unto death. Even the death on a cross, once again, not a quick death, six agonizing hours. This is the glory of grace. And it would come because of his willingness to suffer and stay in that state of suffering on that cross. Romans 5.19 said, For as one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by one, the obedience of one, shall many be made righteous. I'm so glad Jesus stayed on that cross. In spite of every fiber of his being, crying for relief from the suffering he was enduring. Amen. Christ defeated death, and He did it by suffering death. Amen. And He did it by suffering death. Hebrews two fourteen and 15 says, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, He Himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death He might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. (laughs) Oh, death, where's your sting? Grave, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be unto God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
This is the glory of the grace of God. And it came because Jesus suffered and died for us. Hallelujah. And Jesus disarmed Satan and he did it by suffering. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. It says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The it here is about the cross. It is, in fact, the cross, and it is the man who stayed on the cross. When the record of our law-breaking nailed to the cross and was canceled, The power of Satan to destroy is broken. Satan only has one weapon that can damn our souls to hell, friend, and that's unforgiven sin. This weapon Christ stripped from Satan's hand as he suffered and died on that cross. This is the glory of grace, and it could only come by suffering. Today, you don't have to die and go to hell. Today you don't have <laughs> because of, of unconfessed sin. Amen. You, you don't, you don't have to be lost. You can repent of your sin. You can confess your sin. He will, he will forgive your sin and he will pardon your sin. The price has been paid through the suffering Savior, Jesus Christ. And Jesus purchased the final healing for his people. And he did it by suffering. Isaiah 53, 4, as we previously read, Upon him the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. You see, the lamb in the midst of the throne, the scripture said, will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water, And God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. Revelation 7.17 Friend, the lamb was slaughtered. And the lamb was raised from the dead. And the lamb together with the Father will wipe away every tear from our eyes. This is the glory of grace. Because Jesus, as a lamb, dumb before his shearers, opened not his mouth. He could have called the armies of heaven. He could have come down off of that cross. He could have ended his suffering. He could have refused to go to the cross in the garden. But he was obedient unto death. And it was his love for you. It was his love for me that brought him to the cross. And it was his love for us that held him to the cross. But it was our sin that caused him to have to do that and to go to that extreme to save us. I do not want to live for the devil that leads me to sin. I want to live for the God who gave his son to lead me out of sin's dread way. How about you today? I don't want to be one of those nominal Christians who doesn't appreciate or appropriate the grace 
based on a full understanding of the price paid to save me. I want to serve Jesus heartily. I want to serve him with an ardent spirit and a fervent love. Hallelujah. I want to praise him with everything I have and everything I am. Because with his stripes, I have been healed of sin's deadly wound. And with his stripes, I have been healed physically of cancer as a child. And more recently this week, I have been healed of whatever's going around to where I could hardly stand up and hardly speak. In fact, my, my, my webmaster had a backup sermon ready for this morning. But I want to report to you that First Peter 2.24 is real. Isaiah 53 is real. The Bible is real. God is real. The suffering of Christ is real. And it accomplished salvation for all who would repent upon their sin and call upon Him. And with His stripes, we are also able to be physically healed today. And I'm glad to declare His healing in my life today. Praise the Lord. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for what He's done. Thank God for what He's doing as our high priest. Thank God what He's about to do when He comes to take us all home to live with Him forever in a place where we'll never know sickness, we'll never know heartache, we'll never know pain, we'll never know the loss of a loved one ever, ever again. That is what He suffered and died to give us. What price was paid? What a gracious and good God. What a wonderful Savior. Oh, sinner friend, run to Jesus. Defeat the devil who wants to damn your soul and laugh about it. Run to Jesus today. Let let that stony heart be broken up by this kind of love. Run to the cross. Kiss the feet of the one who's hanging there. Let the blood of Jesus... I'm not trying to be, you know, gross. But just let a drop of that suffering, sweet blood of Jesus touch you. And know the love that passes knowledge. Know the love that passes knowledge. And be broken. And let Him save your soul. Seal you with the Holy Spirit. Keep you through this dangerous, perilous time. And live with Him forever. Christian, let's love Him like we've never loved Him. Serve Him like we've never served Him. Reach out and believe God for your help and for your healing. A God that loves you this much will not withhold any good thing. In Jesus' name.